This is the Millennial Realtor Podcast. Thanks for listening in again, everybody. Here we have uh, Dave Marzinki going to be talking about uh, investing in real estate on how to, what I want to call house hack, a way to building your financial wealth. And uh, on this uh, broadcast, as far as with the Millennial Realtor pro- uh, Podcast, we want to make sure we help you grow your wealth through buying, selling, and investing in real estate. So, but before we uh, bring in Dave, we're going to have a quick uh, uh, break and we'll be right back. Here's Tony Mazeka with the local market update. Hi, this is Tony Mazeka from the Mazeka team in Mission Viejo. And I was going to give you the, the local market update for September 2019 and choosing another location called Ladera Ranch, which is the newest area here in the South County area close to Mission Viejo. Uh, for the month of September, uh, the average price for homes in Ladera Ranch, because they are more exquisite homes, the average price is 1274000 which is about a 19% increase over the, the actual price of that home one year ago, which is a, a large increase for those that are selling their homes at this point. Uh, the average price sold with these homes uh, is pretty close to the asking price. Almost 97% of the asking price for the price of that home, which has been listed and sold in, in fairly record time. There are three and a half months of, uh, of inventory left for homes in Ladera Ranch. Now talking about attached or homes uh, which are condominiums or townhomes, in the month of September for 2019, the average price is 542000 which is a little bit less than last year's 581000 for a townhome or condominium. The interesting thing about it is that more product has been going to the market right now so far as detached attached homes at this time that it's a op- fantastic opportunity to make a uh, possible offer on some of these properties if you've been looking for a condominium or a townhome in that area. That is the number right now and uh, if you have any further questions about it feel free to give me a call at area code 949-929-9051. Thank you. Thank you Tony for that local market update. And we're back. All right, Dave, thanks for coming in again. Yeah, thanks for having me, Conrad. Appreciate yeah, it. Round two of, of this, and yeah. uh, um, we are definitely expanding. We uh, just uh, got signed on to iHeartRadio. So it's amazing. We're, 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 we're growing. We're growing at a time, a yep. little bit of a time. So uh, th- thanks for coming in. Uh, you had some great content uh, last time, and, and I think bringing you as a continual guest on the lending side of things is going to be real helpful for any millennials looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate. Um, and uh, Still the best way to build wealth in this country. So. Absolutely. Yep. And I think what people don't re- really realize is that the housing expense is the biggest expense on a monthly basis as far as that mortgage that you're going to have to pay first off on and on and on. You have to pay that. And then all the other expenses involved in your life are, are kind of big but not as important. You know, with a car, yeah, you can Uber everywhere. You can rent whenever you want. You can do a lot of other things. But your housing payment, you know, with bringing you involved, locks it in and actually kind of protects them from inflation on their living expenses. 
Exactly. And I see clients, you know, that reach out that have owned their home for 20 years, you know, 25 years, 30 years that are mm -hmm. downsizing now. And they've had the same payment for the last 25 years. And, you know, you can't say that if you're renting. Yeah. So, and Absolutely. you're building equity, you're having an appreciating asset. So mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's definitely something that, uh, you know, we want to educate people on and help them take a look at all the options. Yeah, and and I think bringing you in to talk about the the wealth building part is important. And, and you know, I was t talking to you earlier, but um, how I kind of see myself signing out now, just trying to you know doing several of these podcast episodes, is that I'm helping people live the American dream. Right. You own the home. You own the asset. You own the biggest, most expensive uh, purchase in your lifetime. And uh, I'm here to manage that, and, and uh, that's kind of my sign-off. Live yeah. the American dream, and that's through with home ownership. And, and I think that's what we have with uh, lending. You have a lot of opportunities to buy to build this wealth, whether it's to own it yourself or own uh, you know, investment properties. And, and I think that's what, what I want to talk to you about today um, is kind of investing into real estate and uh, – there's another term for it, house hacking, that I've seen online, and and uh, um, I think uh, is kind of a, a pretty big uh, part of of growing wealth, um, and uh, that that's just uh, through the long process. Uh, fun yeah. fact, fun fact, um, I I saw in this, Warren Buffett is still paying his mortgage on his Laguna Beach home. The one that he had up for sale and then yeah. he took off the market. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, 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 he put a mortgage of 50000 in 1960, and he just slowly paid it off, and he still got a mortgage on it. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, huh? So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to, to point that, that fact out there um, as well. So uh, getting into investing in um, as well, what type of programs are there available uh, to kind of invest in real estate and maybe, you know, kind of live there? Right. Well, yeah, that's the thing with, you know, Fannie Mae and, you know, we always use the term Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and on the lending side, we're just, yeah. but these are the governing bodies that underwrite, provide the underwriting guidelines to lenders because mm -hmm. they're basically the ones providing the liquidity in the secondary market for lenders, you know, uh, so I want to define that term for everybody. Right. But yeah, they allow you to own multi-unit properties and you can live in one of the units and then rent out the other units. And so it's an owner-occupied property. So you come in with less down uh -huh. or down payment and you can use the rents from the other units to help qualify you for that property, for that mortgage on that property. Right. So, you know, you can get into a property with, you know, 15% down, you know, on a four-unit property or three-unit property. and. And you know, go into it, you know, using the rents from the other units to help qualify, and so those are amazing things. And then FHA as well. I mean, you can go and buy a million-dollar four-unit property because it's within the FHA county limits, right? As far as the loan program, and only put three and a half percent down. So you're taking thirty-five thousand dollars, yeah, for a million-dollar asset. Correct. I mean, that is leveraging, that, let, is, let, let me, that let, is investing 101, right? Because you're leveraging let, the bank's let, money. Uh, to, and let me, let, let, let me, you know, repeat that. You're taking $35,000 and you're owning a million dollar investment. Correct. That over time, hopefully, it'll appreciate. Not only that, but you're living in one of the units and the other three units most likely will cover that mortgage payment for you or a large chunk of it. Mm -hmm. So what is your housing expense really going to be? Very little. 
Yeah. So <laughs> very little, you know. So it's stuff. It's you know things like that that I get excited about because you know you can help people see kind of a bigger picture and and take a look at opportunities. Yeah, uh, I mean, and I did a comparison um, on uh, the three and a half percent as far as buying a house that people you know talk about. Oh yeah, that's you know very small. I want to make sure I have a bigger equity. And let's put it into, into perspective. That three point seven percent, which is on historical average on real estate. Now, there's no guarantee. Just folks, yeah. you know, no guarantees about you know real estate. It goes up and goes down, but on the historical average, about three point seven percent. Putting three and a half percent down on something that you're going to get a three and a half percent on the overall asset. I did the numbers on it, and even if you take the closing expenses, you know, it doesn't matter. There's going to be expenses to any type of investment that you have, like investing in stocks and bonds. Right. So let's let's put them aside. They're generally about the same amount, one percent, etc. As far as that's concerned. So a three and a half percent down, and in a appreciating market of three point seven percent. That's a hundred five percent return after one year. Yeah, because you're that thirty five thousand is controlling that million dollar asset. Take the thirty five thousand dollars. Where can you get a hundred five percent return? Yeah. So th- I get excited about this um, basically, and even you know still with a normal FHA, you know three and a half percent down, you know just on a normal appreciating market, then that's that's going to build equity. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, now th- this, um, these programs um, that you have out there, um, how, how does it work as far as the FHA uh, programs, FHA programs to invest in these uh, duplex, triplex, quadplexes? Yeah, basically what we're going to do is take a look at, you know, qualifications for, you know, credit income, you know, for the borrower like mm-hmm. we would any normal loan. But then we're also going to get a... Uh, an appraisal, a rent schedule done with the appraisal when we when we go into contract okay. and all that. So that's going to determine what the market rents are for those uh, units, and so um, and that's going to be used by underwriting to help offset the mortgage payment and use that as qualifying income. And so for conventional underwriting, we use you know basically a twenty five percent vacancy factor, gotcha. maintenance factor. So you know you can only use seventy five percent of the gross rent. What that means. And for FHA, there's a formula that the underwriter takes mm-hmm. you through, you know, basically the gross rents and then your mortgage payment and then the underwriter has a calculation that they do on how much they can use for that. So, but, you know, you're using income from the property to help right. qualify and buy that property. So that's how it would work if you're going to buy it as an owner-occupied where you're going to live in one of the units. Right. Yeah. So hypothetically, you want to buy, you said 75%. Hypothetically, you want to buy a fourplex um, that one one of those units is vacant, so you can live in it, mm-hmm. and use the other three to qualify. Is, is that kind of the the process to it? Or? Yeah. So say the other the other three units are generating fifteen hundred dollars a month rent for each unit. So mm-hmm. we're looking at about forty five hundred dollars a month in income, gross mm-hmm. income from that property, and we use seventy five percent of that figure towards your qualifying income for the mortgage. Nice. Yeah. So you live in it over a period of time and. You know, guys like myself who are single, yeah, yeah, no, no brainer. And mm-hmm. then if I get married, have kids, obviously I want to move out to yeah. do something else. And then that other unit becomes then profit. you rent out the other unit. It's not like you are obligated to stay in that property five years, mm-hmm. ten years. So you move in there, and you know your intention is to own, be an owner occupied unit. Okay. And so you have to live in there. And, you know, you sign documentation that you're going to intend to live in there for the next twelve months, and that's the process. But you know, people have life events, they move on, 
and you have an asset that you've acquired and now you can rent LL for units. Yep, for $35,000 you own a million dollars. Yeah. So over a period of time, um, you know, where else can you generate that? I mean, it, it's just it's just amazing about that because, um, you know, you know that in the end when, when 30 years from now that when the mortgage is paid off, if you still want to pay it off, you know, completely. I know that you and I talked about people kind of reinvest and kind of blow it up into something else where you can take money at equity and buy the next property next property right um i mean that's another strategy and we can talk about that for any <laughs> another day we can go into cross collateralization and do all these <laughs> other things but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so um but i think it's just amazing because you can actually see you know on paper that once the loan is paid off over that 30 year period of time that it's a million dollars yeah, relatively speaking. Relatively I mean, hopefully, speaking. I mean, if it's Detroit, you know, you never know. It could, it could hey, be. hey, I moved out here from Michigan. Don't bash Detroit. So. Go, go Red Wings. So, so I think uh, that's um, something that you can see in, in in mind as far as where that that's concerned versus investing it in a four hundred one k. Which is there's nothing wrong with it. It's just no. um, you can actually see it on on paper um, where things are going. Yeah. So okay. Um, and, um, you know, versus, you know, let's just say you wanted to invest in, in a four, you know, a fourplex, but you didn't want into what's, you know, what are people, how you compare that? Yeah. So if you're going to buy it as an investment property and not occupy the property or occupy one of the units, uh, then, you know, for four units, you know, the, the minimum down payment is going to be 25%. At that 25. Time. Um, so for conventional FHA, you can't use FHA for, mm -hmm. that has to be an owner occupied property. But there's programs where, you know, if you you can go through Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac mm -hmm. and and you know qualify off your your tax returns and your W twos and pay stubs, and also the rents that are being generated. Or there's other programs that we call debt service mm -hmm. programs, right? Okay. So, and that is exciting because basically you're qualifying off the property. The, the you the property is qualifying for itself. Right? Sure. And you're not having to deal with tax returns, you're not having to deal with income documentation on all those things. All you're looking at is does this debt, is it serviced by the income that's generated from this property, right? And so as long as that ratio is 1.15, right? Mm -hmm. So what that means is basically you take the mortgage payment and as long as the gross rents are 15% more than right. the mortgage payment, you know, then that's the principal and interest, taxes, and right. insurance all that, then you know, you're qualifying on that property without tax returns and any other thing to do with your personal income. Gotcha. You know, so it opens the door for investors because they can acquire more properties without having to go through the hassle of digging up all these tax returns, providing all this documentation, because we're just looking at, does this property service itself? It's right. kind of taking what commercial does yeah. and applying it to residential. Yeah, to the four, four yeah. units and below. And you can do this, you know, three units, two units, single yeah. family home. Yeah. Or four units. So. Absolutely. So, and, and, you know, based on how you can qualify, I think that that's kind of more where you, if you'd look for a duplex versus triplex versus yeah. quadplex, obviously you want the maximum, you know, bang for your buck, which would be into the quadplex. Yeah. Um, as far as from what I see uh, based on that. But uh, yeah, you know, but three and a half percent down versus 25%, that's, that's a big difference. Thirty-five thousand versus two hundred fifty thousand yeah. on a million-dollar um, fourplex. Right. You know that's that's yeah. still still a good. I mean, and then you have a three and a half percent, you know, increase 
um, what, what is it? 30,000, 30, I'll say what, one out of eight. So 12%, I guess that's okay. Mm-hmm. Even at 25% down, but uh, it's not the bigger bang for your buck with the yeah. 3.5% down. Yeah. So, okay. Um, and then you mentioned about uh, income qualifications and uh, jumping into um, that approval process. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> I'll still use have here. Okay. Um, one thing that I kind of uh, read up upon and uh, haven't really practiced this, um, and I think we talked about this briefly. I don't remember how this works exactly, but um, from what I read, is if you buy a three-bed home and rent out two units or two two bedrooms of the units that live in there, um, that's kind of what this house hacking term I've I've heard from. Um, but you still have to, you know, go through the same process of living there for for twelve months, right? Yeah. So for that situation, um, you know, you can't use that income that you're going to generate off the other two bedrooms, so to speak, as to helping you to qualify for yeah. the mortgage. Uh, they're just going to qualify you based on okay, can you afford this mortgage okay. on your own? Um, okay. You know, because room rent, so to speak, you know, that's not something that an appraiser can give market rent to, and all that. But mm-hmm. that's a, that's definitely a hack that people can go in, buy the house. I mean, I had a client do this for a condo in Elisa Viejo. You know, nice. first time home buyer. She went in, just really sharp, sharp, mm-hmm. sharp young girl that was talking about. You know, her dad was coaching her on real estate investing. Nice. She went in, bought this three bedroom condo in Aliso. Rented the other two units out, or the other two, two, two bedrooms, excuse me, two <laughs> units, but two bedrooms, right? Yeah. You know, and then basically took that rent that they was getting from those other two people and like paid down the principal, paid down the principal, and then boom, sold it in three years and bought a nice single family home. Wow. With her new husband. Wow. And new baby. Nice. Yeah. And yeah. so it's, you know, it's a great strategy to take a look at. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a great strategy and, um, you know, you know, selling it to the next or continually renting it out, you yeah. know, depending on what your uh, tolerance is to dealing with, you know, repairs, being, being a landlord, yeah. getting those midnight calls and uh, based on that. But I guess what that's why we have property managers. Yep. <laughs> that's why I'm going to hire someone. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I had um, a rental property in Foothill Ranch and I had the great tenants in there, but it was just, you know, Sunday afternoon, August air conditioning goes out and the you know, uh, phone's blowing up and I'm like, I'm sorry, let me get, you know, you got yeah, to scramble and get yeah. that stuff. So. I, I would say, uh, um, yeah, I would say make sure the home warranty is uh, yep, updated. Exactly. <laughs> just uh, pay yeah, that home warranty. Pay the home warranty because then you just keep uh, re-updating every year and, and uh, that's a 75 bucks to you know, have someone to service it. And yeah. with condos, um, you know, you're not going to have to mow the lawn because the right. association is going to take care of that. Yep. So, okay, um, as far as through um, the quadplexes, triplexes. Now, you know, we talked about this, and I think, you know, we want to make sure I want to clarify for the listeners out there the amount that you can qualify for a loan as far as property values based on county, correct? Yeah, so Fannie Mae and FHA, you know, they, they, they base their loan limits based on the county that they're in and what the medium home price is for that county. So they classify it as, you know, for counties that the, the standard for Fannie Mae is 484000 for a single family home, Ooh. right? All right, and then as you go up in units, then that goes higher, you know? And then high cost area, 
single family home is at seven hundred twenty six thousand five fifty five twenty five, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And then you go up from there in units. Yep. And all that. So like a four unit in a high cost county I think is like one point two million or just under one point three. You know, and as you go in the the standard counties, like say Riverside County, sure. Then, you know, the four units gonna go up in that nine hundred thousand range and all that. And I don't have the exact figures we can get them. Yeah. You know. I- FHA provides that for everybody. Yeah, you can go on the website or Fannie Mae's website or FHA's website. But. And and to clarify, these numbers are as of 2019. They might change for 2020. Might, they might raise them. You know, they've raised them the last two years. But, you know, who knows what they'll do. We'll get that information probably the end of December. Yeah, but it's always good to start off a new year with a lot more to purchase. Exactly. So, okay. Um, on... Okay. Okay, so I guess with the process on, uh, you know, you own that quadplex. You live in there for 12 months. And then you want to buy a second one to live in. Someone like me who, you know, I I don't care. I'm living by myself. So, um, you know, buying the second one. If you have the FHA, do you have to get an FHA or or is there different? You have to go so if you have an FHA loan on that unit or on that development and everything like that, then you're going to have to refinance okay. to be able to use FHA again because um, you can't have multiple FHA loans on that. So, and then, you know, underwriting is going to look at that and say, okay, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you want to refinance into a conventional loan if you can. Um, situation though you're going to be facing though is the equity position is because if you're moving out and you're renting the fourth unit and to refinance as an investment property, you're going to have to, you know, take a look at what the equity position is and be able to qualify right. on that. All right, or you can refinance it while you're living there into a conventional loan and then um, take a look at your equity position right. at that point. Yeah, yeah so and when you refi, I want to make sure that uh, those um, uh, mortgage insurance still is still applied to if the... Yeah, if you're putting down less okay. than the 20%, you still have yeah. what they call private mortgage insurance. Yeah, and so removing that, how does that work? Well, removing that is, you know, it's automatically removed once the principal balance hits 78% of the purchase price Okay. um, on an amortization schedule. Uh, Or, you know, you refinance the unit once you have 20% equity in the property. Okay. Okay. So, obviously, the strategy is to try to remove that. That's on conventional financing. If you're using an FHA loan... Yeah. The mortgage insurance, if you're only putting 3.5% down, the mortgage insurance is on there for the life of the loan, no mm-hmm. matter what, until you sell or refinance. Gotcha. Yeah. If you put down 5%, then it's on there for a minimum of 11 years, and then until you sell or refinance. That's how you have to get rid of it. Gotcha. Okay. We will be right back. And we're back. So out there, if you're going to be the consecutive mover on every 12 months, <laughs> you want to make sure you refi to, to... Yeah, or just take a look at using a conventional loan versus mm-hmm. an FHA loan. So. Um, VAs, do they have a similar program to FHA on, on the fourplex? So on that, um, it's mainly used for single families and duplexes okay. kind of things. So, okay. Yeah. So the limitation is, once again, with the VA... Up to two units, mm-hmm. based according one. Okay, so that's still an opportunity for them. Yeah. On that, so um, down payment is that similar to the normal single unit, you know, family? Yeah, it's zero down. Zero yeah. down up until, you know, county limits. Correct. Okay. 
Okay, uh, that's all I have for today, Dave. Um, awesome. On uh, this uh, discussion on starting to jump into uh, that, and I think it was very valuable um, because I think there's people out there thinking and investing and owning a rental property, but they don't know where to start. Yeah. And and I appreciate you uh, coming into. Um, um, to, to mention that and, and talk about this uh, topic and uh, help people build wealth and live the American dream. Uh, so, you know, this podcast will be coming up um, a little bit before Thanksgiving. So what are you thankful for? Um, basically, I'm thankful for I got a healthy family. You know, nice. I have two healthy girls. Nice. You know, my wife's healthy. So, you know, I lost a couple uh, people that were close to me this year, Oof. you know, just from cancer and stuff like that. So Sorry to hear. That, that hits home, you know. So I'm thankful for ha- having a healthy family, right? That's great. That's great. I appreciate you know, you How about you? that. Me? Uh, you know, I'm, you know, after this is going to be uh, broadcasted live, um, um, you know, in a couple of days I'll be going to San Antonio to visit my daughter. Yeah. Do a surprise and a right. birthday party. And uh, she has no idea. I've been speaking to her every day. So, you know, I'm just trying to see if, if, uh, if uh, her mom or anyone in the family's mentioned to her, spill the beans, yeah. and, and just like, hey, so, you know, how's the birthday party coming along? And all this other, you know, just kind of bringing it up. So, you know, she may have not heard it from anybody. So it's, it's good as far as the surprise. And we'll see um, this uh, coming weekend. So um, obviously, this is uh, pre recorded before that happens. You got to fly, you got to have somebody have a camera roll. When you yeah, I I sure awesome. hope so. <laughs> that that's that's great, and and that's what I'm really thankful for every year is just uh, spending quality time with her uh, during any holidays, um, and just having that that time every year to just um, do everything I can, just busy, run around through real estate, run around, get things done, and then when I'm busy and and uh, when I want that time, I just spend it with her. Yeah, you're present. So just being present on there, and and uh, I think. Um, based on that, and that, that's what the the American dream is, I think, to everybody out there, is to find that financial freedom where you're working, 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 working. You spend time, and you don't have to worry about any bill. You don't have to worry about that type of stuff. No. There's something to say that you know when you when you come home from a hard day's work and you walk into a home that you own mm-hmm. versus walking into a place that you're renting. Yes, there's a different feeling, you know, and uh, that's a great feeling to have when you walk into your house and. You know, you just hey, this is my property. It, it is, and and you know, um, about three years ago, I think th- this is the toughest. Um, uh, I guess ten minutes of my real estate career mm-hmm. was uh, three years ago. I had a listing in uh, San Diego with uh, one of the agents, so we were kind of sharing it. He had to go through surgery, so I had to help him out. Um, knocking on that door and saying, "Hey, you know, the the owners are here to sell your house." And they just moved in like three months before. This is mm. this is just before. This is about two three weeks before Thanksgiving. So they just moved in tenants and yeah, they they moved in like a few months before. They got three kids in there, and you know all of them were sitting there, and it just like just uh. it just hit me and just like oh my gosh, this is this is so hard, you know, for me to kind of take in and and basically and that and that kind of gave me some inspiration out there that if you are renting out there, you have no control. Yeah, you have absolutely no control. I know that California's got some, you know, tenant laws and everything else to to protect. But I'm sorry, you know, who who owns the the, the house, who owns the property, and everything else associated there. Yeah. So you know, and and I think even with rent control, it's still a pain in the butt. And and you know, it, it kind of hits me in the heart. You know, seeing, you know, going back to that moment where I'm on the door and saying, 
I'm sorry, the the landlord, um, which it wasn't an inheritance property. The people who um, inherited it from their aunt, um, you know, they're out of state. One is in Oregon, yeah. one is in Georgia. They have no idea. They don't want to deal with it, and they just yeah, you know, they're just trying to unload a property that they inherited. So I think. That was the hardest part of my real estate career. Yeah, just uh, wow. doing that that knock and and uh, that's real, man. And um, so I think what what you and I do as far as trying to control that, where people you own that property, where you know you come home for Thanksgiving, you come home for Christmas, you come home for family, and you spend that time like like we just uh, mentioned. Yeah. So. Okay, well, thanks for coming in again, Dave. We, you know, obviously, we'll you know bring you in for more topics and more items. And uh, anything else that you have uh, to share on uh, the you know investing in quadplexes and house hacking? No, I just know that it's uh, that there's opportunities out there, mm-hmm. and you know the more and more time I spend in this business, and I see portfolios of people, the people that have done it in a great way or people that have started early yeah you know so it makes sense you know invest in the stocks or invest in land you know where they're not making anymore absolutely so, somebody absolutely. famous said that right Mark Twain huh yeah maybe <laughs> or, or, or Rogers I think or yeah. so you know they, they all have great quotes on that so so thanks for coming in again and uh, everybody thanks for uh, coming in on the Millennial Realtor podcast and uh, we're here to help you live the American dream all right Thanks, brother. Thanks.